You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fair. As you know by now, uh, the piece in the New York Times that came out yesterday, a little bit of a powder keg here in the Baltimore area about John Angelos. And joining us now is the author, Tyler Kettner from the New York Times, who will be joining The Athletic next month as a senior writer covering Major League Baseball. And Tyler, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. I guess first question, are you surprised the the reaction that this piece has gotten? Um, not really. I mean, you know, you get the sense just being around baseball and, and really just knowing Oriole fans that, uh, that John Angelos is, is, is a controversial figure down there and, and, you know, and, and stirs up a lot of feelings for people. So, um, yeah, I kind of thought that, uh, that some people might take notice of it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, were you surprised with just some of the wording basically saying it's it's going to be really hard to keep the band together or we're going to have to raise ticket prices massively it just considering everything that's been going on over the past six months around john angelos just to make another headline with those comments were you surprised about that um yes and no i mean i i as far as like another headline, like I, I, I don't know if he's shooting for a headline. Um, you know, the, the, the whole Kevin Brown thing was after we talked and sort of before the story ran. So I had to, you know, it, it, it I had to sort of include that yeah. after the fact, you know, but I, I mean, he's at a, the Orioles are at a point right now where, you know, they're, they're sort of between leases. And, and, and when you're in that zone, um, you have a little bit of, leverage or at least a little bit of a platform to make a case for what you want. So I think, you know, he, he, he was trying to get the point across um, that it's really essential in his mind to get what they, they're looking for from this stadium deal. Um, because if they do, they'll have a better shot at keeping this young team. Everybody loves. Now, is that the right message the fans want to hear right now? I don't know. Um, Cause I've always been sort of surprised that, when you look around baseball, right? I mean, almost every team that has a, a young player, let alone several of them, has signed one or two of them up, and the Orioles haven't. And to me, that was sort of the crux of the issue. Like, um, this is such a great young team, but where are the long-term contracts yeah. yet? Well, I guess, are, are you fundamentally sort of buying what he's selling, I guess, right? You understand baseball in a way that not everybody does. You cover the league and its franchises of all various backgrounds with owners, you know, with different degrees of their own individual worth, et cetera. And this team itself, it seems to me not that long ago, made Chris Davis pretty wealthy and was in the top half and the top third at times of overall payroll 
in baseball. So are, I guess are you are you kind of buying at the core what he's saying, or do you think it might be more a message he's trying to deliver to other owners or people in the N- N- M- MLB's finance committee or the commissioner himself, maybe rather than his own fan base? That's probably it. I mean, I I I, I do think it's um I don't know maybe they're you know, gun shy after the, the, the Davis debacle or something. And I, I, I don't really know. Um, it's just, like I said, it, it's, it's peculiar that, um, you know, none of these guys have, yeah. have gotten the deal yet. Um, I mean, some, you know, some guys may not want to, you know, and then that's their prerogative, but um, I don't know that all of them would, would turn down um, some, some money. And I, and I feel like, you know, what, what the Orioles are really attracted by is that, is that Atlanta model. Um, you know, they had, the Orioles had the model 30 years ago with Camden Yards and it's evolved to this model where owners can, you know, have, have ancillary businesses that they can profit from as well. And if this is the, the one shot they have to try to do it, um, it looks like that's on the front burner now, um, you know, for ownership. We're speaking to Tyler Kepner. It's inside access on the fan. Tyler, is it feasible in a major city like Baltimore to have a battery light? Is do you see that as a possibility? I I don't know enough about the inner workings of Baltimore um, to answer for sure. I just know what I've seen in other cities, and and that is that you know, I mean, the battery in in Atlanta is probably a one of a kind thing because they basically just created a city out yeah. in the suburbs. Um, and you can't, you know, there's, there's not like empty tracts of land where you can go, go do that. But there are, you know, there are things in other cities where, you know, like you go to St. Louis, they tore down the one stadium, they built up the new one. It took them a while, but they were able to build uh, a, a much smaller version of that that brings some extra revenue to the Cardinals. And obviously the Ricketts family bought up all those buildings around Wrigley and Wrigleyville, and they've profited from some of that. You know, the Red Sox have always been pretty creative in finding um, nooks and crannies around Fenway to to buy up and and, and creatively monetize. Um, so I think there's probably something that they that they could do, you know, with that facility. Um, but I didn't want to get in the story like that, a column like that. I it it, it wasn't you know, my intention to get too, too deep in the weeds on all of the, all the clauses and all the, 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 the peculiarities of, of that Baltimore situation. But you guys know what, I mean, the Ravens are right across mm-hmm. from uh, the Orioles and there's a lot of stipulations and the lease agreements and stuff that they would have to work out. I mean, it's a very complicated thing, um, but the Orioles clearly don't want to just sign and get their 600 million improvements and get a new scoreboard and all that. They, they have a grander vision because they are at least, publicly, you know, talking as if they're a small market team like the Tampas and Clevelands of the world. And I don't think the Orioles fan has ever really looked at the team that way. I think you've always sort of understood that, I mean, unless I'm wrong, that, you know, sure, you're not New York, and yep, yep. you're not even Boston, but you're somewhere in the middle. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not Tampa, certainly. Uh, you're not New York and Boston, but you're not Tampa. And now to be sort of thought of in that Tampa, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, um, pocket of teams um if i'm a real fan it's a little jarring so i don't know if the if the response then is sure give give them the stadium um you know public private partnership that they're talking about or if it's just to get mad but um I don't know. I, I I don't know what I would do. I would just enjoy the enjoy these days when the Orioles are young and cheap and great. Well, that was going to be my question. Like you 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 know you you're seeing him I, I you guys are you know in person you're you're around him um 
the team is on this run. He's kind of conveying what he conveyed. Did, did part of you walk away from that saying this thing might not be for long or or this might not be Astros 2.0? Well, what I what I came away thinking was that um, you know that 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 they're very proud, justifiably proud of of seeing a rebuild and seeing all their hard work in in, in the last few years of patience um, paying off. Now that now that is is great. It's, it's everybody's winning right now. Um, it's a honeymoon period with these guys because they don't cost anything. Um, so they're justifiably proud of that, and they're going to see see where it goes. Um, what I came away thinking though is that. You know, I've covered a lot of these these teams that pop up, and they're great for a little yeah. while, like Pittsburgh. You know, when they won three straight uh, wild cards and and they contended for a little bit, and Kansas City when they broke through and won a World Series. Um, but those windows were pretty short, and um, you know, and after it was over, they had to you know rebuild yeah. again. Um, so I think the the model that the Orioles um, that appeals most to the Orioles is is. Tampa or Cleveland or Milwaukee, where those teams are generally pretty good and competitive every year, even though they've never, you know, won championships in those spots. They came really close, but they haven't won championships in those spots. So, uh, you know, I think that the 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 worst case scenario would be that this thing only lasts two, three years, um, and three, four years maybe. And then the better case scenario is that they can figure out a way to keep them around. But I don't. You know, if they get really expensive, you're going to have to be creative because what Cleveland and and uh, Tampa do is they, you know, they trade guys yeah. at their peak value and they get good guys who they can plug in and the deals look terrible at the time. But then you start to realize, oh, they're pretty good. But it's a lot of swings of emotions and a lot of faith that you have to have to to make a Cleveland or um, Tampa Bay model work. Tyler Kapner, thank you so much for your time. We thank really appreciate you. it. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Tyler Kettner, of course, uh, with New York Times. He'll be joining The Athletic as their senior baseball writer coming up next month. we switch back to the Ravens next. And we talked about the offense earlier. What about the defense? What did we think of the defense last night? We'll tell you next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Your exclusive home for all Baltimore sports. 105.7 The Fan. Balls out, a fumble by Rodriguez, picked up and back the other way. Out of bounds on the fumble return as DeAndre Houston Carter was there. DeAndre Houston Carson with the fumble recovery after Malik Cam forced the fumble. Uh, the only Ravens forced turnover of the night. It got them a chance to score that touchdown, which made it 28-20 in the fourth, though the Commanders came back to win it 29-28. And this defense last night, not a lot of – I can't say there was a lot of superlatives no. uh, from, from last evening. No. I mean, again, you don't want to go overboard yeah. because Washington was playing its number one offense, except for an offensive lineman or two, for the better part of that first half, and the Ravens were playing backups. Eh, I mean, it's a jabo. I mean, there were a couple exceptions. I mean, not that he played a, a ton of snaps, but uh, what, he played 13? Um so I don't want to go overboard, but that's an offensive line in Washington that became a national story with how poorly they played in their first preseason game. And there was some pressure, but Sam Howell said it himself. It was pressure when he held the ball forever and tried to do too much, 
there wasn't a whole lot of pressure within the general construct of that offense. Um, you know, Travis Jones continues to give me pause. The jumping off sides was like, what are you doing? I, I know he picked up a sack, but color me not very impressed. Ajabo is still a work in progress. Um, not a whole lot of pressure up front again. And we know there's issues on the back end. And when those guys start going down, yeah. whether it's cramps or something minor or whatever, it 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 gets to be, it's a little bit of a fire drill back there. Yeah, the biggest issue that the Ravens had yesterday, particularly in the first half when they were going against Washington's ones, they couldn't get off the field. I mean, third down conversion after pass third rush down conversion. all game. Couldn't the, the pass rush couldn't get home. And the other thing, guys, particularly with the pass rush, the tackling was not good. Ton and, of missed and, tackles and ton, in the back in the in the secondary and the linebackers. A lot of a missed lot tackles. of missed tackles and a lot of missed sacks as well. And uh, Trenton Simpson, he looked a little lost. Yeah, his in first, first game, game action. had the face so mask. Yeah, kind of kind of is what it is there. But I mean, if you're looking for positives, I'd say that two point conversion play, Caillou Blue Kelly. Yes. I mean, yeah. going in there blowing that. But guy he had out. an awful game beyond yeah, that. Yeah, he got uh, worked. Our Darius Washington. I was, thought he played well. Yeah, was making some plays. Jeremiah Moon was getting in on the action a little bit. I thought Seymour was okay. Brandon Stevens yeah. matched up on legitimate starting NFL receivers. Yeah. Didn't look so great. Yeah, but no. I liked Seymour. Thought he made a few plays. I mean, I, I don't know if I can say I like him, but um, yeah, I mean, look, if you're, and again, it's not the number one defense. I understand that. But if you're looking for things that will get under people's skin on that coaching staff, right, or or that will give them um, certainly talking points for practice this week, they gave up points in the fourth quarter again, mm. and this was against the third. Yeah. Like, we can talk about who was out there for the Ravens, but that's Jake Fromm. Like that's and they were bringing the house couldn't get home. Yeah, so that's not ideal. You you blew a fourth quarter lead, you missed a bunch of tackles, and it was in the second and third level where when that happens, you're talking about really extending plays. And yeah, the guys up front didn't get really any any push. Certainly no sustained push against an offensive line that you thought might get chewed up. I I, I was a little um, disappointed and again backups, but. The bringing of the house in the last drive and not being able to get home at all. Like you're br- you're bringing everybody and not even except for say for one play they didn't really get close on any of those. See, I don't mind them doing that though because at least that's like last year the fourth quarter defense sucked and they sat back and zoned it up. So yeah, right. And we sat there and said, is he going to be super passive again this year? So if you were ever going to go for it, you'd go for it in a game that doesn't really matter. Except you are kind of trying to keep yeah. this janky streak alive. Yeah. So the fact that the backups couldn't execute, like, I I just wonder, look, my pet peeve with this team throughout the entire offseason was I'm not buying the interior of this defense. And there isn't a Calais Campbell there anymore. And Jones has got to be a thing, and Pierce is going to have to be available, and it's, I'm glad they secured Bradshaw Washington. That was vi- very important. Mm-hmm. But even he, he's got his limitations. Like it, <laughs> we know the group on the edge. There's not a whole lot of there. There, 
If they don't have a rotation where they're getting pushed inside and maybe always lined up back inside and maybe they get real creative with this stuff and maybe they're holding a whole lot back. But when you look at them, guy on a guy, hat on a hat, vanilla football, who can beat somebody, I don't see a whole lot there. Well, I think that's where a guy like Clowney is going to get kicked inside quite a bit, you would think. Um for for the Ravens this year but no I'm I'm with you they're thin as well where if they suffer an injury mm-hmm. there they're they're in trouble and they need guys like a Justin Matabike to have that breakout career year uh in a contract season and Broderick Washington to take a step up in the pass rush department and and Jones to come yeah, to the party and, and obviously once this thing gets started for real Oway and Ajabo got to be like they they're raving about him for in practice that didn't show up I do want to ask I I came away kind of impressed with Sam Howell like oh, yeah, he, definitely. He, he like uh, it's a little temper because he wasn't playing starters but still he it didn't wasn't too big for him he's making he's making quick decisions and good throws I like how he manipulates the pocket I like how his eyes and his feet stay in sync um, that's going to be, look, Eric Bieniemy is going to put him in positions where it's, it's high percentage stuff. Get it in the hands of these receivers and see what they can do with Yak. See if they can make a linebacker miss. See if they can make a safety miss. So, no, like, I, I feel very good about my over six and a half wins with Come, the Commandos. Coming up next, we're going to talk some football. Our friend Cynthia Freeland will get her thoughts on the Ravens. Also, how are things going? As you know, she's part of the Bills broadcast during the preseason. Cynthia joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Jason is an Odyssey NFL insider. Jason Lockin' for Jason Lockin' for one of the best in the business. Ken and Tim prefer Adam Schefter. What are we doing here? Inside Access, 1057 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The win streak is over. Commanders beat the Ravens 29-28 last night. One more week of preseason. Then real football is right around the corner. Perfect time to bring on our friend from NFL Network, Cynthia Freeland. And Cynthia, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Before we get to the Ravens, other stuff, obviously, we know you do, uh, you're do. you involved with the Bills broadcast during the preseason. How's that going this year? Well, last week was a little bit of a interesting one. It was a difficult game for the Bills. and In fact, their starters, I think they have 11 penalties with the starters, which is nothing a coach likes to see. But I did get to go to Pittsburgh and watch a game there for the first time ever. And Renegade was pretty cool. I have to admit, even though I know I'm saying this to you know, a Baltimore crowd here. Well, let's let's start with the Bills because I have found, especially as I, I do my stuff on the gambling side, that there seemed to be a lot of people who were kind of fading the Bills or who are skeptical of the Bills and wondering if their hold on the AFC East is, is tenuous at best. Um, I still think it's a pretty good roster. Now, they may not be able to go out and make another Von Miller kind of move at the deadline, but I, I still think it's a pretty good roster. To me, they're still the best team in that division. Um, how bullish are you on them? I actually think this squad is better than last year's squad. Now I'll put an asterisk huh. there and say that Vaughn Miller needs to be playing for that right. to be true. But, you know, look, the, the reason that there were so many penalties last game was really just the O-line trying to figure out, like, what's going on, who's the starter, where are we swinging. You know, Ryan Bates is now, instead of being that starting right guard, he's going to probably be kind of a swing guy. And they're trying to just figure out all these different configurations. So it was really the O-line just working some stuff out. And ultimately, I think that this team, and if you saw Josh Allen, how accurate he was, and like Gabe Davis caught, Gabe Davis would have had something like 64 yards on two catches had it not been called back on penalties. So the reality is, is this squad is very, very good. And I'm curious to see if next preseason game against the Bears, if any of the starters were played, because uh, Coach, like when I had to interview him at halftime, first I asked if I could instead interview Mike Tomlin, which didn't work on the Bills broadcast. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, second, yeah. I, I was I was afraid he's gonna like yell at me, but it, it, he was fine. No, he was great, but he he hates penalties. Like I know all coaches do, but Sean, like that, I felt like he was like really gonna like like I I, I saw a vein in the side of his head that I was a little was a little troubling. Well, Cynthia, let's get to the Ravens. Their preseason winning streak came to an end last night, but Zay Flowers had a highlight, 26-yard touchdown. How do you expect Zay Flowers to fit into this offense? Well, I have a little bit of like a, I have to admit my tiny bias because I'm a BC grad as Ah. well, but (laughs) I think Zay Flowers in space is a beautiful thing. If you look at the passes he was forced to catch last season, I say that because he didn't have someone with the precision or tools that Lamar Jackson possesses. That was the type of thing where he had to make a lot of adjustments, which means he's probably able to see defenses and read them a little bit more keenly than some of the guys coming out, which should project well for him, especially in space. Like if you look to see like this team is so much more talented and by the way, it never hurts for Odell Beckham Jr. to also be on the field with you and Mark Andrews such that the defense is like, Hey, which one of these guys do I need to stop? <laughs> Gives you a little bit more space. Cynthia, what are your expectations for Odell? People that have seen him are raving about him, not just people here, but like people that come on these tours are raving what they're seeing about Odell Beckham. What do you expect to see from him this year? I feel like the the combination of Todd Monken and, and Odell Beckham Jr. with Lamar Jackson is going to be really fun for 
all of us to watch except for maybe opposing defenses. But I think that, you know, look, my expectations for him are kind of like, you know, the t- the type of difference maker that the Rams kind of had, like obviously before he got hurt. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it may not be this like fantasy football, Justin Jefferson-like, you know, number production, but the actual value on the field is going to be something that really changes the opportunities for, you know, the the red area to just absolutely be like a huge enigma for defenses. Um, if you did watch that game last night, you saw nine thousand and five hundred promos for the first Monday night game. These the, the Jets, who I, I guess they won something in the last six months, Cynthia. I don't I don't know. I missed that. I guess they're now America's team, and boy, we can't wait to see them every single week crammed down our throats. I'm fading them, as you might be able to tell from my voice. Are you buying this Jets hype? You know, I guess like I guess my question is is. Like, let's look at it not from, like, a like a national media hype. Yeah, the Jets should be excited because this is the first time I've had a quarterback in a really long time. But I got to I gotta tell you, O-lines really do matter. And that O-line with – and Mekhi Becton's played something like 48 snaps in two seasons, and I don't know if he's even – I mean, there are some people who are like, well, where's he even going to play, right? So that's a big – that's a, a, a literal and figurative big problem that they have because – you know, like I know we saw on Hard Knocks, if you watched it, like Aaron oh, yeah. Rodgers, like under pressure a ton. But if they were willing to like show us that, because you know Jets get final edit, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm like a conspiracy theorist, but I, I was like, do they think that's good, or do they think that's like a smoke screen they're throwing up for us? Because I actually am very concerned about that O line, which is really the key to everything. We're speaking to Cynthia Freeland. It's inside access on the fans. Cynthia uh, brought up the Bills earlier that uh, maybe people aren't as high on this year. But what about what about the Steelers, Cynthia? It seems like they've been flying under the radar. I saw in one of your recent pieces that you expect George Pickens to really take the next step yeah. in year two. How do you think the Steelers could fare in the AFC North? Well, I work for the NFL Network, so I don't know anything about any city or anything that happens in a desert that maybe was part of a hurricane, which is just amazing to me. But that desert city believes that the Steelers are only going to win eight and a half games. And I think that's a ridiculous number because we know Mike Tomlin in 16 seasons hasn't had a losing season first. Second, you guys are going to beat each other up in the AFC North. That is really, it's hard for me to figure out if like the East or the North is the best division in football. It doesn't really matter because either way, it's going to be really difficult. I think nine, like look at some of their non-division opponents, right? They get the Raiders. <clears throat> that's, that's going to be a W right there. Yeah. You know, I went through and I, I did all of their season totals. And to me, the <laughs> this division is really tough, but to think that they wouldn't have at least nine wins is silly. Cynthia, I got to ask you about your Lions, and they they seem to be the bell of the ball this year. People are very excited about them. Uh, How are you feeling about about this group? I mean, I don't know. Larry Fitzgerald, we did this, like, we're doing this Amazon thing together. And I was like, I promise you they're going to win the North this year. And I was like, listen, I've been alive now for a number of years, and it has never happened. And I don't even think that they'll be able to win a playoff game in my life, should they make it as a – some sort of wild card, but I don't know. I, I feel like when I'm looking at these teams and I, it's very hard for me to say that the Minnesota Vikings who made some improvements. Yes, of course they don't have Dalvin cook, but I think they're going to be okay without him. That's hard to say, okay, well they won last year and they got better and somehow they're not going to win again. Right? Like it just takes a strange 
And the NFC, to me, like, put the Ravens in the NFC and it's like cake to get sure. to the playoffs, right? Like, NFC is just so down that I think, like, I'll give the Lions a wild card trip to the playoffs, but I don't think they win the division. Um, Are there a f- couple of teams that you find that you, you do like more? We talked about the Steelers and they're one, but other teams that, that you like more than the gambling markets mm-hmm. or you think people are dismissing too quickly? I think this. I think that the Seahawks are getting a little bit uh-huh. overlooked. I think. Look, I understand that the Niners' defense is scary. I get it, but that Niners' O line didn't get any better this uh-uh. offseason. In fact, it got worse. And I understand that you know Brock Purdy. If I have that was the narrative, I'm over. Mister Irrelevant. Now he's relevant. <laughs> got it. Understood. But look, like Kyle Shanahan is a he is a ninja when it comes to figuring out how offenses work and making right. Like I will give him that. But I still think that Pete Carroll has got some sort of like voodoo witchcraft over him that they somehow, if at worst, they're going to split. You know, right. like that's just the thing where you, you can't count Pete Carroll. And by the way, that front office has done a masterful job of drafting the past two seasons. I mean, Kenneth Walker, not one, but two defensive backs last year, two tackles. Like, that is a hard haul to get. And they had another nice draft. Yes, I saw Jackson Smith and Jigba had an injury or going to get a wrist surgery today, but he'll be okay and, and, and they'll figure it out. But that is just a – there's a lot of things on that team to like. And remember, I understand Geno Smith people, you know, Jets fans have like this thing of Geno Smith or whatever, but they don't really need him to do the amount of deep passing that he did last season to be just as effective. And if that run game, which is what Pete Carroll – and what they know how to run yeah. up there. If that gets back even a little bit more into volume, like that, <laughs> it's going to be hard to stop them. Cynthia Freeland, always great. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Thank Have a great you. one. Thanks so much. Hey, coming up next, a little purple rain in the forecast. Ravens lose for the first time in 25 games in the preseason. <laughs> we'll hear John Harbaugh. What did he have to say after the game? You'll hear it next here on The Fan. Inside. Inside. With Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan. Severe weather alert. Torrential rainfall expected. Inside access to the castle with Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. How about a guy like Volker? You know, going out there and catching those passes and scoring a touchdown. Charlie Kolar stepping up and making the catches. Both quarterbacks played outstanding. Uh, Just really happy with all of that. That was John Harbaugh after the game last night talking about the offense. I think Vokalek is not getting through waivers. He's not making this team. I think some team is going to pick him up, uh, maybe a third tight end. He's shown he can play. He had two touchdowns last night. That was my takeaway. Kohler actually made some plays. He mentioned him. But uh, Vokalek is a guy that I could see not getting through waivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't sit here and say I've studied enough teams, bad teams, back end of their tight end room. You know what I mean? But the the film looks good. He's an interesting body type. If you're out there to practice, you notice him immediately because he's a big dude. And he flashes he's all the got time. good yeah. hands. Um, I, yes, I don't know how he's going to fit in here. I don't know if he'd be able to make a practice squad or not, if somebody else would, would snap him up. But... Tight end, 
and I'm throwing Ricard in there as well, was a position group we talked a fair amount about yesterday. And would some of these guys pop a little bit? And would some of these guys make a play? And where would Ricard fit in now that he's not messing around with the O-line anymore? And we saw him, you know, bail Josh Johnson out and get open and and get a nice little game when they were backed up deep in their own territory. And Kohler made some plays. um, And this kid did as well. So, yeah, that position group showed well yesterday. Are they all going to – are the numbers going to work out for all of them? I don't think so. I, I've been very bullish on this tight end group all off season. And I think it, just with Andrews, Likely, and Kohler, the, that, that's going to be hard for defenses to match up against those guys. And I think they can all make plays for the Ravens this year. But Vokalek, he is someone that has popped during yeah. – practice yeah. when when I've been out there when you guys have been out there and obviously had a big time game yesterday it, the numbers get tough I mean it, if you're keeping four running backs there's no way you can keep four tight ends where yeah in, in years past with Greg Roman sure you probably would find a way to keep Vokalek in addition to a Patrick Ricard but I just don't see how the numbers work there more from John Harbaugh after the game last night and he uh, talks about the preseason streak I just told our guys you're proud of it, of course, you know, you, you appreciate it. But the thing that you're proud of is all those games are mostly just like that. You know, preseason games that people want to write, write about, some of you in here want to write about and say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there wow. in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on a team. And yet you have the audacity to say that the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me it was meaningless out there what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? You know, I can't respect anybody that says that because of the effort these guys put into it. That's, what's, that's what you're proud of. And that's, that's why I'm so proud of these guys for the way they fought. It doesn't matter win or loss. It matters the way they went about their business tonight. And I'm proud of them for that. Always will be. It's a semantics argument, but... Uh, I'm Team Harps. He, I, I'm he, simpatico with him. He, he hit him with the, you never played the game. It's the that's, greatest that's a good one. streak in Baltimore sports uh. History. I don't think he I said, said that. it in no, real time. He did not say that. I meant no, it. I he, told you to get yourself mentally, physically, and yeah. emotionally braced for it to end on a Monday night at Ral John because that's where it was going to end, and that's what it was. If it was, it doesn't an, take away from the greatness, yeah. the perfection. If it was the an purity game. of that streak, it was pure. It was important to guys that are fighting for roster spots. It was epic. If it was an important game, Lamar Jackson would be playing, not talking to Miss Lisa in the third quarter. He doesn't respect you, Ken. I know. Well, Ken, I never played. Clearly never played saying. the game. Uh, I yeah. played. I will tell you, I played flag football camp Sky Lamar, and I was pretty good. That doesn't count. Uh, but no, I did not play this game or these reindeer games that we're talking about here. It's one of the more bizarre streaks that happen and seem like it just nationally it's brought up every single week there's always a tweet ravens have won 23 now 24 straight what what does it mean i don't know everything i I think everything i think it's (laughs) i think it's a credit to the coaching staff yes Uh, credit to the players credit to the players i credit to jason it's it it's crazy when they Create the bust for Harbs and Canton. How yeah. high up the list of accomplishments does this go? Well, he's going to mention it in his speech. It's way up he? there. He's going to mention it. The twenty-four game streak that'll come up in the in the speech. This could be like what gets Bashati in. Uh, yeah. Think of how many people may have their lives changed by this streak. Yeah. Not just those who were a part of it and made a roster. Although, as the bone pointed out last year, most of the guys who did 
the bulk of the Yeomans <laughs> work during the streak. We don't even remember who the hell they are. Hey, they, but they, they they're didn't important. Have NFL careers. But they're important. Don't you relinquish the importance. I will cherish this streak in those 24 games yes. as long as I have breath in me. Man. I'm with you, Harbs. Hey, let's... It's a beautiful thing. Let's finish a cut 17, Malone. Uh, Harbaugh talking about the guys that came together to help them win this these 24 straight. You know, I, I just think it's something that uh, it's just... It's one of these things you look at and you're just, you go, wow, how did that happen? You know, how did something like that take place? It's pretty... It's pretty remarkable. It's you know, what are the odds? You know, and, and to say, to say, there's no one reason it happens, but it says a lot about a lot of people, a lot of people's effort, uh, a lot, a lot of good practice, a lot of good meeting time, a lot of young players working hard to be as good as they can be, a lot of coaches developing those players, scouts finding those players, all those things, kind of come into play. But in the end, it's about it's about a bunch. It's about football and the, and the, and the men and women now who play who play the game, and it shows you what this what makes this game so great. Why it does matter so much because it takes those kind of efforts. That, that's what you have to do. It's, it's, you, it's a courageous game. It's a, it's a game for courageous people. And it's a game for people that are willing to go out there and throw themselves around in really tough, awkward situations. Physicality. You know, it takes, it takes that kind of grit to play this game and to fight like that. And that's, I think most people that love football love it for that reason right there. They respect what it takes to play the game. So. That's what I feel. That's how I feel about our players. I feel about every player in the National Football League, but I especially feel that way about the Ravens and the, and the, and the, and the men who play for the Ravens now and the men who played for the Ravens all those other years. I'm, I'm really very proud of that part of it. Uh, yeah. Bro, you got to be you got to you got to be tough to suit up for a single NFL practice, I don't let alone a preseason that. game, let alone an NFL game. You've got to be it's a different kind of mindset. You gotta be built different. This, according to bookies, twenty-four straight wins in the preseason, five point nine six million to one. Getting attacked by a shark, five million to one. What We're about more pirates? likely to be. What about attacked. Gigi next yeah. trip to Disney attacked by pirates? I, I do they have do they I'll, have odds on I'll that? Next cruise. Run that through the bone simulator. They, they do have becoming an astronaut in the U.S. seven point seven. I, I think we buried the lead though. Did Harp say that women suited up in some of these games? Oh, I think he meant that women play the game now, uh, but and he, have begun uh, to play he, the game. Yeah. I don't know over the last decade or yeah. so, or maybe they played longer than that. Uh, that's not what I heard. Bone, I think it's more likely that Gigi gets attacked by pirates in three different instances than it is any NFL team ever wins 24 straight preseason games in a row. It's the unreachable star. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to get to it. I mean, right now, somewhere in the world, a baby's being born who will grow up Without to try us, to be yeah. the coach who breaks Harbaugh's record. Yeah. Think about that. Think, oh, think about this. <laughs> Uh, a kid, It'll be Bill Belichick. A kid born in in 2015, you know, October 2015. Never knew anything, about <laughs> but winning. August wins every summer was punctuated yeah. by this amazing display of perfection yeah. and chiseled brutality within the confines of the great game. I mean, think about of it. NFL gridiron pigskin football. They're weeks away from turning eight. Yeah. It's their first loss. Just think, this is going to be the His first time. It was time, always a happy occasion. <laughs> this is going to be the first time in almost a decade that we won't have the entire 11 months between the end of the preseason and the start of the next preseason to rub it in the face of every other NFL franchise about what we got going on here.
When we come back. I feel a little empty already. It's six-pack time. The winners and losers from last night's game. I think I'm going to cry, Bone. We'll give you our six-pack next here on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 